by your name, Jesus, we come before mm, we come before you today, Pastor. We ask you your love, your mercy, your compassion. And above all, Lord, give us understanding. Let us know and understand the authority and dominion and power that's in that name of Jesus. Order our steps, direct our paths, and order our steps in your word that thy will may be done in our lives. We give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. You put your hands together and give the Lord a good praise. Y'all go ahead and be seated. Tell you I appreciate the Lord. And you know I do understand. A lot of people think I've missed it by preaching what I'm preaching. But that's okay. When the word of the Lord falls in my spirit, sound like I'm too basic, son. When the word of the Lord falls in my spirit, like it fell in me, Friday night, that's good. I know I it's got its own mindset right now. It's just bad I got a text from somebody early. I guess it's Friday morning. I believe it was Friday morning. Man, non-responsive in the ambulance on his way to the hospital to go to prayer for him. I know I've talked this man several different times about the call of God on his life. Next text I got was adding more life support. Begging people to pray for him. Didn't know if he was going to live or die. That's how bad it was. I told my wife about it. And all day Friday, I just reached out for him. Friday night about 7 o'clock, the word of the Lord fell on me. I mean, his wife just begging, folks. It's bad. They don't know if he's going to make it. So I called her. She said, well, I'm not at the hospital right now. I'll come home to uh, get a quick shower. And I said, call me when you get back. Probably about 8, 8.30, she called me. I said, can he understand? She said, yeah, but he can't talk about that tube down his throat. So he's coming in and out. So put the phone up by his ear. That's why I know I ain't missed it. Because the Spirit of God boofed me. I just didn't call him and pray for him out of pity or mercy or compassion. The Spirit of God Moves me. I told him some things about his life, and then I spoke the word of God, and I told God whatever it takes to do a creative miracle. By the next morning, he's off life support. That just don't happen. People dying on life support. You don't just come off. Got a text about eight thirty that morning. Self-life support doing good. Got one last night. Doing good. I said, just give God the glory and thank God for His goodness and His mercy. 
See, I know what that word in here does. I know when God speaks to me. Three might miss it. People say what they want to. The word of this kingdom is being revealed in here. It's being revealed in here. It's coming forth. I'm going to get into some scriptures, but I'm going to tell you something. God fixed to deal with this nation. Lord God, deal with me early this morning. About the spirit of idolatry that's got on this nation about sports. I'm going to tell you something. God fixed to deal with this idolatry spirit. You want idolatry? Keep it out there in the world. Don't bring it to the church. Sports has got in the church. Sports has got in Christians' hearts. It's got in ministers' hearts. And it's idolatry. You look at it anyway. When something becomes a God and you get caught up in it, you worship that thing. It becomes an idol to you. The spirit of idolatry. If I be a horse, if I know what I feel, God fixes to deal with the spirit of idolatry in this sport for you. Let me tell you something. They don't have to play another football game in this country. They don't have to have another Super Bowl. You get churches having Super Bowl parties and and people so caught up in sports that they won't go to the house of God. You say, well, Brother Ben, people, let me tell you something. They, if they call a prayer meeting at your church over the Super Bowl, where do you think people will be? They're going to be sitting in front of that TV. Championship game, like a college championship football game they just had on your pastor called all night prayer meeting. It wouldn't be a church. It's a reproach. It's a reproach and a shame. The Lord said, I, the Lord thy God, am one Lord and one God, and I'm a jealous God. I'm a jealous. You ain't going to have all the gods before me. People either turn and serve God, or God will raise up somebody that will. Lord said in His Word, I'm going to have a people. Did He not? Did He not say? And did He not tell us, I'm bringing the people out of the Gentiles. I'm bringing the people out of the Gentiles. Hallelujah. You mark my words, the spirit of prayer is coming back to the church, and it's coming back quick. You can go ahead and write this down, starting February the 1st. 8 o'clock at night, I don't care where you're at. You do what you want to do. But eight o'clock at night every night if I'm not preaching, ministering somewhere, or I'm not teaching, me and my wife are going to be in prayer. I don't care where we're at, we're going to go to prayer. I don't care if we're home, I don't care if we're up here, I don't care if we're in Alabama, I don't care if we're, we're going to prayer. Every night at eight o'clock we're going to prayer. We're going to plow this thing through. Lord done told us the word of the Lord for the church in 2018. Get a burden for the heathen. We're going to pray. God's going to open the door to the heathen up here. It's just You said, but well, we ain't got it. Let me tell you something. Anybody don't know the name of Jesus? Anybody that's never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ is a Gentile. They're a heathen. And when the Lord visited my wife and let her run into that lady from Vietnam, she didn't even know who Jesus was. Been in this country 16 years. Did not know. Nobody ever ministered to her about Jesus. You know why? She lived in a closed community. She lives in a closed community. And my wife started talking to her uh, at that place of business, uh, telling her about Jesus. She said, Jesus, give me peace. Let just look at her and said, I don't know your Jesus. She said, I'm Buddhist. I'm from Vietnam. 
He's like, my God. But I'm going to tell you something. Time my wife left there, she knew Jesus. Time my wife left there, she had peace. Time my wife left there, she had a Vietnamese New Testament on its way to her house. Hallelujah. She hadn't got a chance to see her sin. But I believe the next few days she's fixing to see her. And the Lord told us. That's what God told me. Because the Lord had been speaking to me. That was on December 13th. The Lord been feeding me for 10 or 12 days. A great and effectual door is open among the Gentiles. I said, God, Gentiles, where am I going overseas? And am I going to the mission field? When she called me and told me that, God said, there's your Gentiles. He said, there's up to 60 million people in your nation. He said, that don't know Jesus. I said, oh my God. Did y'all realize that's twenty, that's fifteen percent of our population that don't know who Jesus is? You got them right here in LJ. You got them everywhere. The Lord told me, He said, it ain't like they used to be. You know, used to, people used to immigrate to this country. They they blend into society. They become part of the community. Now they come in now and find 10, 15, 20,000 lots, set up their own communities. They walk among us, eat among us, work among us. They, they, uh, fellowship used to work with them, Sister Deborah, but when it comes to their religion, their cultures are closed off. They're closed off. And that's when the Lord told me, he, he, he told me there's been so many false gods and so much false religion come in this country that a spirit of idolatry has come in this country and it's raised a, a force of hell life that's hindering the true move of God. And it's got to come down. I, I'm telling you, idolatry's coming down. I, I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, I, the Spirit of Elijah, God showed me, it's going to stand up against it. I, the Spirit of Moses, God showed means being revealed. What did Moses have to do when he first went before Pharaoh? Stood up against magicians and soothsayers. Stood up. Did y'all know Egypt was an idolatry nation? They served false gods. I've wondered many times, and I've told my wife many times, I said, how do you take people that see all the miracles God done, walk through the middle of the Red Sea, See it party, see it drown Pharaoh's army, get on the other side, and then build a golden calf. I was telling her this morning coming up the road, they said it's that spirit of idolatry that was in them. They was raised in that spirit of idolatry and that thing got in them. And so every time they didn't see God's hand move, they went back to idolatry. Let that spirit now, he said it was that young generation he's bringing forth like Joshua and Caleb. I didn't have that spirit of idolatry. I, they come up knowing the miracles of Moses. They come up seeing the hand of God for 40 years. I, they come up in a, a stage of miracles. I, God is now bringing forth a generation. I, that's a generation going to see miracles, healing, I, deliverance. I, they're going to see the revealing of the Son of Man. I, the ministry of Jesus fixing to walk this earth. I'm telling you, I, it's in the earth now is coming forward and God is going to put down this spirit of idolatry. He's going to put it down. He's going to put it down. If you don't, ain't nothing going to move. This spirit coming down. I prophesied years ago, I don't care if God's got to kill whole ball teams in plane crashes. Doesn't matter. Man, you start, you start letting God turn loose on people. God is not going to let America be taken over by demons. He will stand up because He's raised this nation up to send the gospel to the ends of the earth. 
All people do is take their money and spend it on flesh. Spend it on flesh. She was reading this morning. Uh, coming up here. She used to go to a church back. She's a little girl. She went back and got to reading about how it got started back in, the, what, 1904, 1906. Started just a handful of people in a little country town. Built a little church. Had about 20, what, 20, 30 people. Started in their home. And you know what the, you know what the church runs now? 4,000. And the deadest bunch of dry smiths. Well, somebody gave them seven and a half acres. They just grew. And I told her, it says, it's going to happen again, but it's going to happen. In this new move of the Spirit of God. It's going to happen just like it did in the book of Acts. People going to sell lands. They're going to give houses. They're going to give their possessions because... They don't see the reality of God. The reality of God's in the earth. It ain't coming, it's here. God told me on November the 12th, the word of the Lord come to me. I'll spend my life on it. That the word of the Lord come to me in Blue Ridge, Georgia, just like it came to John the Baptist in the wilderness. When Annas and Caiaphas was high priest, the word of the Lord come to him and he came out preaching baptism and repentance and saying, get ready, there's coming one after me this mightier than I. It is he who shoes. I'm not worried to lose him. I'm going to baptize you. The Holy Ghost uh, and the tongues of fire. Uh, I'm telling y'all, we, we are at the door of baptism uh, of the Holy Ghost and tongues of fire. Because uh, the word of the Lord came to me uh, on November the 12th and said, A new move uh, of my spirit has already started. It ain't coming, it's already started. It's already here. Somebody just got to dare to believe God enough to step out there and do it. I'm just crazy enough to do it. I'm just one that dare to believe God. I told my wife when I put that message out, the word of the Lord to the church for 2018, that God was going to move among the heathen. I told her, I said, well, I said, I don't walk so far out on the limb. I'm fixing to cut it off behind me. What was it you said? You don't have to worry about the limb. <laughs> Who's going to step out and tell the church the word of the Lord to him in 2018 to pray for God to open the door to the heathen? Who's got that kind of boldness? Who's got that kind of confidence in God? The church ain't even given a vision anymore. People just go to church to be going to church. They don't get a vision. They don't get a goal. They don't let the Spirit of God lead them. I'm telling you the word of the Lord to the church is 2018. Uh, the great and effectual doors open to the Gentiles. Uh, the heathen going to be one. There's something started uh, among the heathen. God is going to break these closed societies wide open. He's going to break them open. He's going to do it by the word of the Spirit of God. Just like, just like Peter went to the house of Cornelius. God's going to give us somebody. They're going to say, come tell me. Come tell me, come tell me. Come tell me what I need to do. I don't care if an angel of the Lord's got to appear to him and say, send over there to Elegy. Behind the New Testament. Church at Elegy, and there's a there's a camper over there, and you're going to find one John the Apostle. And you're going to tell him to come. And said, he's going to come and tell me what you he's going to tell you what you need to do. Amen. Come on. That's how God speaks. Spoke Cornelius the same time he spoke to Peter. God don't do something on it. One end don't do it on the other. 
Lord took me out in the spirit and church in Fort Payne. I can't remember when it was, but the Lord said, you're going to get a, I said, I'm going to wake you up and speak to you at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I said, I'm going to give you an address and a town. I said, you're going to get up and you're going to get dressed. You're going to drive there. And said, when you get there, there's going to be people waiting on you. You're going to preach the word for you. You're saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost. And he said, I'm going to move before the devil even knows what's happened. Oh, hallelujah. He said, I'm going to move before the devil has a chance to hinder before the devil has a chance to stop. He said, I'm going to move. You think about God waking you up. Say, get up, man. Drive to Thomaston, Georgia, go to such and such an address. Said, there's going to be people waiting. You tell me God can't do it. God spoke to Cornelius. Said, you sit over there in the city of Joppa. You tell them to go down there by the seaside and find one named Simon the Tanner. Said, in that house is lodged one Simon Peter. And you tell him, come preach to you, tell you all the things I, that you need to do. And that's exactly what he done while Peter was on that housetop. I, God showed him, let that sheet down three times. I, every time he let it down, he said, Peter, uh, rise, slay and eat. He said, not so, Lord. I, he said, for I've never partaken of anything common or unclean. I, and the Lord spoke to him I, and said, let not what I've cleansed be called common or unclean. I, and God was showing him, all men's clean to the gospel. I, all men's clean to the blood of the Lamb. I, all men is clean. I, hallelujah, by the righteous blood of the Lamb. I, Jesus died and made all nations one blood. I, and this gospel's going to the heathen. I, it's going to the Gentile. It's going to the unbelieving. I, it's going to the ungodly. It's going to the unwashed. Hallelujah. The Lord said, I'm going to raise the people up out of the Gentiles. They're going to be a lot to my name. These folks sit still. Let them sit still and fight what God's doing. They're going to find themselves sitting on the sidelines. God's saving souls. The Lord said, first I'll save by the dozens. Then I'll save them by the hundreds, and I'll save them by the thousands. Hallelujah. So I ain't forgot what God spoke here in other day. I ain't forgot what God showed me on my knees, and that man stopped that in front of that church. He pointed his finger out that window and said, God, that church is real. I ain't forgot here on my knees. I saw a spirit go out five miles in every direction. I begin to save souls. Such a way. Hallelujah. When, that, when Brother Michael Harris sent me that article about that woman in uh, whatever year it was, in the early 1900s, and she stood on that stump, held that Bible up in the air, and, and God froze her in position. And people come out there to mock her, and she, she stood for probably 18, 20 hours in that one position, uh, holding that Bible up when the Spirit of God hit her, uh, the anointing hit her. Uh, she began to preach. People began to fall under conviction. Uh, the Holy Ghost began to slay them, uh, as they said, for 18 to 20 miles. Uh, and uh, all around her, uh, said people in their homes and their businesses on the road, uh, fell on their faces and repented and got saved. Uh, because God in the Word. God is sending the Word. God is sending the Word. And the spirit of prayer is now going to take people over and they're going to start praying for a gray and effectual door to open to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. I ain't talking about something a long time off. I'm talking about this thing is on the 
My wife had that dream where she walked out on that porch and people were standing in the churchyard all the way back up the road. They were foreign nationality. Is that right? Dark skin, different skin. Mixed. God ain't going to go working in the church. They're going to start drawing people in. Training, edifying, teaching them, baptizing them in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. we got to have somebody to win souls. we got to have some laborers. Did Jesus not say the harvest is plenty? Did he not say the harvest is plenty? Where you laborers? Where you laborers? You ain't no win folks who just singing and shouting and talking in tongues. There got to be some deliverance. There got to be some miracles. There got to be some healing. There got to be something to set people free. Just read an article the other day about a young lady got saved. She drug at it, got saved. She started training with these big preachers. Then with some overseas, drove Christ 100, 150, 200,000. She became an evangelist. She died at 33 years old. They won't say what she died of. I know what she died of. Drug spirit got her again. I know exactly what she because she didn't get delivered. She didn't get delivered and that thing come back. She didn't get delivered and that thing rose up. People got to have deliverance. People got to have deliverance. Amen. People got to have deliverance. This is going to be just like Peter preached when he was preaching to the house of Cornelius in Acts 10, 38. He said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Man, if God's with us, let's get up and be about the Father's business. If God's with us, let's do what the Word of God says. My God, let's get out there and do good and heal all that's oppressed of the devil. For God's with us. My God, this Holy Ghost is the anointing. Uh, we need some anointing. We don't just need something to make us jerk and shout and talk in tongues. Uh, we need something that's going to drive the devil back. Uh, and the Lord told me the other day there's a light spinning up uh, that's going to drive back darkness. Uh, you don't shine a light where there's light. All the churches don't preach to the church. Is that not right? Have revival in the church. Who comes, church folks? Go around a building. Who, who comes to revival, church folks? Put up a tent, church folks. So where do the heathen? Where do the lost? Where do they come in at? Now I put up my tents, but I plowed so hard. <laughs> well, I got sinners coming to my tent. I mean, sinners, sinners came. There are people right now tell you that if it hadn't been for the preaching of the Word. Matter of fact, the young lady posted the other day. She said, if it hadn't been for Brother John Metter, his tent revival on the Word of God, he dropped. She said, it saved my life, saved my soul. She said, if it hadn't been for them, she said, I don't know where my life would be. And that's back in the early 80s. You hear me? That's back in the early 80s. Her sister got delivered from a suicide spirit. This happened all over the country. This happened all over the mission fields. This happened everywhere I went. You know why? Because God anointed me. I didn't go out there and have a bunch of singing, a bunch of shouting, a bunch of people running around talking in tongues. Everybody wanting to lay hands on everybody. I'm for true worship. I'm for true worship. 
I want to see God's people come into true worship. This is a religious spirit that's got a hold of God's people's bad as a spirit of idolatry. Because I don't care what they do, I don't care what they say, nothing changes in folks' lives. We gotta have some change. We gotta have some change. And I'm gonna tell you something, if we'll get saved and begin to shine the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, people around us will know it. You don't have to run around with a t shirt on. <laughs> Just how much you love God and that's what you want to do. Go for it. The people are going to know you by your fruit. Yes. They're going to know you by the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. All we people hollering about love, y'all people don't even know what the love of God is. Love God's spiritual thing. It ain't no carnal natural thing. You might do good and help people. You might have compassion and mercy on it. It ain't the love of God. That's your fleshly love. Love of God something entirely different. Love of God spiritual. Love of God goes deeper than any old natural love can go. Amen. Hallelujah. But I know the Lord dealt with me early. If y'all think about it, listen to the broadcast this evening. Because the Lord spoke to me early Friday morning. And I started preaching on prayer. And I started telling people, I said, it's time to pray. It's time to set your heart to seek God. It's time people come together in prayer and fasting. And I said, it's time people start praying for a door open to the heathen. Church ain't got a burden for souls. Ain't got a burden for souls. Might have a burden how much bigger they can build the church, how much bigger they can make the crowd, how much more money they can get in the treasure. They ain't got a burden for souls. I got people who used to live outside of Nashville, Tennessee. They hadn't moved down above Dothan, Alabama years ago to take care of his parents. She didn't have nowhere to go down there. She'd come to my meetings. She didn't have nowhere to go down there. Start going to Methodist Church. She said every so many months they'll put, and she said, it's just a small church. She said every so many months, about every six months, she said they'll, they'll buy another $100,000 CD. Just put it in the mic. Say so no telling how many millions of dollars this little old Methodist church tried to sit in the bank. That's God's money. That's God's money. God said you don't lay up treasure on earth. Churches have invested in hospitals, insurance companies, all making money. And they got missionaries begging to go and they won't send them. God didn't make the church to be a money-making business. He made church win souls. He made it win souls. Well, Brother Mary, how, how you know? Y'all ain't never heard of Baptist Hospital nowhere? Y'all ain't never heard of Methodist Hospital nowhere? Oh, are you? Y'all ain't never heard? That's because they built them. They invested in them. And what God called the church to do. He said, we're just trying to help people. No, they ain't trying to make money. Get in prayer seeking God. Get the gifts and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You want to help people. Because I'm going to tell you something. Spirit of God, I see coming. Fishing empty some hospitals out. Hallelujah. <laughs> I made the Lord a promise years ago. Because I used to have to drive through Case Spring, Alabama. I preached on 
radio in Rockmark, Georgia for over a year. Used to have a big gospel station to work on WZOT. They used to preach over on Saturday morning. I'd drive from Fort Payne, Alabama to Rockmart. I'd preach live. I preached live in the studio. Because that was my outlet to preach back in 77. They wouldn't let me come preach. <laughs> so I preach on the radio. But every time I go through Cave Springs, Alabama, they got this school there for the deaf. I tell God, I said, they're coming today. They're coming today. You're going to turn me loose in Cave Springs, Alabama. I'm going to empty that deaf school out. I said, I'm going to empty it out. And I believe God's going to let me do it. I believe God. Hey, well, I got to pay for it. It's just God's time. It's just God's time. It's got to be God's time. That's what people don't understand. It's got to be. I have people all the time call me and write me and beg me to pray for folks. Somebody just begging me two or three weeks ago to to come pray for a lady that's dying. She got cancer in her esophagus or or something. I said, I got to wait on the mind of God. I got to hear from her. Well, just call her. I said, same difference. I said, word of the Lord falls on me. It'll happen. She has how much confidence. I got this word that's in me. I know it. I know it. I've been seeing it bring people off their deathbeds, turn things around. When that voice speaks to me, I know it. I've seen it happen. But I can't do nothing without the leadership of the Spirit of God. And that's what people don't understand. They think you can just pray for somebody, God will heal. You request all the time, pray for so and so, pray for so and so. People ain't serving God, ain't living for God, living like the devil. They want God to raise them up, heal them, put them back out there and sin. Ain't happening. Not with me, it ain't. Time somebody gets in touch with me to pray for somebody, I say they're serving God now. I said they know God now. They backslid. Maybe God trying to get your attention. The words Jack Co spoke. Because he had tens, fifteen, twenty thousand. I mean the ropes, twenty quarter poles had wheelchairs, crutches, canes, and there'd be hundreds of them hanging on every meeting. She said he walked out there one night and there was a woman sitting there on crutches had a cast from her hip down to her ankle. He said, what happened to you? She said, I broke my leg. He said, what would you do if God healed you? She said, I'd get this thing off and go dancing and celebrating and having a party. He said, not on my prayers, you ain't. Not on my prayers, you ain't. Why should God raise people up let them go back out and live like the devil? It's got to be the mind of God. Let me tell you something. When they called Peter over there, when Tabitha died, and he went in there, he put them all out. He got down on his knees. He wasn't praying for faith to raise the dead, Sister Pat. He was praying for the will of God. He already had faith to raise the dead. He got on his knees and wanted to know if it's God's will to raise that woman up. When God spoke to him, he knew what the will of God was. He turned to her and he just looked at her, Sister Deborah, and said, Tabitha, get up. He wasn't praying for faith to raise the dead. He had faith to raise the dead. He, he just needed to know the mind and will of God. We got, oh, hallelujah. Man, I feel, oh, oh, I feel something in this place a whole lot bigger than me. But the Lord told me, he said, you call my people to prayer. You call my people to prayer, you tell them. Starting February the 1st, we're going to come together. We'll be back up here for too long. We get this trailer set. We'll be back up here Monday prayer meeting. Maybe up here Monday prayer meeting, Tuesday prayer meeting, Wednesday prayer meeting, Thursday prayer meeting. Ain't gonna tell them what God's gonna do. We God fixing bust this church wide open. 
God fixing to open the door to the Gentiles in this area. We gonna we gonna see souls saved. We gonna see people healed. We gonna see people delivered. You know what's gonna happen when God starts drawing them? Here, the rest of them gonna come. Remember, the Lord gave me a vision right after I first started the church in Fort Payne, Alabama, and I was pushing one of these big old Western wagons. It had the cover on it. I was pushing it up the hill. And it was just me and one or two more. And I was pushing it and I almost had it to the top. And I was straining with everything in me to get that wagon up the top of that hill. And I seen people just standing on each side of the road just watching. And somebody's with me said, ain't you going to help us? They said, no, we're going we're gonna to wait and see if you can do it. But if we got that thing to the top of the hill. We started over the other side, and that wagon started rolling. Here come everybody running. One lady running, fixing to get on the wagon. The Lord Jesus himself stepped down in front of her, put his hand out like that, said, not so. See, you didn't labor for it, you ain't going to partake of it. I mean, I saw Jesus himself put his hand up to stop her and said, uh-uh. Uh-uh, you didn't labor for this, you ain't going to partake of it. We're going to labor for this. The harvest is plenteous. And I know we quote that, but I'm going to tell you something. It's the wrong quote. You better go back and check it because I did. Jesus didn't say the harvest is ripe. He said the harvest is plenteous. He said the laborers are few. Do I believe the harvest is ripe? Yeah, it says in Joel the harvest is ripe, but they don't say it in the Gospels. If it did, I missed it because I looked it up. I looked at that scripture, the harvest is ripe. On a place like find it, it's in Joel. He said the harvest is plenteous. The fields are white. They're ready to harvest. He said, but... Ain't got no labors. Ain't got no labors. That's the reason God been trying to get us ready. Get us to perfect that call in us. Somebody got to get these folks. You go preach somebody that don't know Jesus? How you going to talk to somebody that Jesus don't know him? A lot of people can't do it. A lot of people sit in church all their life. They couldn't talk to somebody that don't know Jesus. I had them on mission field with me. 2007, I was up almost the Pakistani border. We had people up there that didn't know Jesus. I had people go out and preach on the street and come back and tell me, he said, I can't preach to them people. I said, why? He said, they don't know nothing. I said, I stand there quoting the Bible and tell them what Jesus said and tell them what the Word of God said and they just looked at me like I was stupid. I said, well, in their eyes, you was. Because they didn't know what you're talking about. They don't know who Jesus is. No, how would they? Bible said, how can they hear without a preacher? Y'all want to know what that scripture applies to? Here it is right here. How can they believe without a preacher? How can they hear without a preacher? What does it say in, in Romans 10? <laughs> Man, I feel the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Trying to think of just how it reads. Well, I keep trying to stay in the book of Acts. I'm not going to be able to read Romans 10 out of the book of Acts. Not real easy, anyhow.
Okay. Acts 10 and 11. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew and the heathen. Y'all see that? Ain't no difference between the Jew and the heathen. Thou belong to God. Ain't no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Greeks are heathen. When Peter went to Cornelius' house, Cornelius was a Roman. He was Gentile. Everybody there were Gentiles. Y'all following with me? I would dare say the Spirit of God didn't take Peter over. He had to preach to an interpreter because the majority of the people spoke Latin. They didn't speak Greek or Hebrew. They spoke Latin. Cornelius was raised in Rome. He's a Roman soldier. He spoke Latin. They might have been educated enough to speak Greek or Hebrew telling me everybody else was. So the Bible says when Peter heard him speak in tongues, we don't know what tongue they speak in. They might have spoken Greek and Hebrew. Just like he did on the day of Pentecost. They might have spoken natural tongues and languages. We don't know. He just said they speak in tongues. Boy, y'all look at me strange. Well, I tell you what, all these people talk about speaking in tongues. Change the word tongue to languages. So when I received the Holy Ghost, I speak in languages. See how that flies. Because <laughs> tongues are spoken on the Pentecostal languages. Natural languages, were they not? So, let's get all this stuff out of the way so we can have a move of God. I ain't going to try to have a move of God and preach around. That's what the Lord fixing to go to the Gentiles. That's what he fixing to go to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. You ain't going to fight all this junk. People that don't know. That's why I can go to India and preach. Start out with two or three hundred and wind up fifteen, twenty thousand. Because I preach a simple gospel of Christ. God opens their blind eyes and stops their deaf ears, heals their sick bodies, delivers them, sets them free, and they go tell somebody about it and they come. And then they come. And then they come. Seven, eight, ten days you pray. You start 150, 200, you preach 15, 20, 30,000. Because you don't have to fight all this doctor. I prayed for two deaf mutes in India. It's the only two I prayed for out of the dozens I prayed for didn't get healed. I got to praying and asking the Lord what the trouble was. Their dad was a denominal preacher. And had been raised in doctrine. And I couldn't get him to believe for God to heal him. Yeah, like I could walk out on the street to a, a man digging a ditch for a dollar a day. Tell him about Jesus. And Lord cast the deaf and dumb spirit out of him. Oh man, I'm in rare form today. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 12, Romans 10. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how are you going to preach? Lest you be sent. That's what I've been trying to tell people. Don't worry about going. Just wait for God's sin. Paul and Barnabas stayed in the church at Antioch till God spoke. And he said, Separate me, Barnabas, and Saul for the ministry. 
So when they fasted and prayed, laid hands on, they were sent forth by the Holy Ghost. And Paul founded churches all over Europe and Asia. Amen. Because he was sent forth by the Holy Ghost. I got an invite yesterday to come to Kenya, Africa. Man said in July, said we have a national prayer convention and said people from all over Africa come to this national prayer convention and we want you to come speak. I texted him back. I said, I'll make it a matter of prayer. I said, but I conduct my ministry from Acts 13 and 4, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. I said, if the Holy Ghost don't send me, I can't come. But if the Holy Ghost sends me, I'll better get out of my way. <laughs> and tell them what God will do. I don't know if it's the mind of God or not, but I'm going to seek the Lord about it. I'm definitely going to seek the Lord about it. You figure people gathered in Kenya from all over Africa and the word of this kingdom falls on them. And God starts doing miracle signs and wonders. You're talking about turning something upside down. God will definitely turn something upside down. Hallelujah. And if it's the mind of God, God will provide the finances. I ain't worried about it. I'm just going to seek the Lord. And if the Lord starts dealing with me, this is the mind of God, I'll be getting back in touch with Him saying, now, what is it y'all going to want me to do while I'm there? Because <laughs> y'all don't want me to come speak. Y'all don't forget that. Y'all want me to come preach the gospel, the Christ that I believe in. I'll come do that. I said, well, I'm going to lay hands on the sick. I'm going to be casting out some devils. God's going to be revealing himself. Yeah. You'll never know what God's going to do. Do you know in just a matter of seconds, God can turn your life upside down? Yeah. Yeah. We done seen it happen. Yeah. Seen it happen in 2000 when I fell off roof. Seen it happen in 2003. When our house burnt down, got hit by lightning. Someday I may just bring the pictures up here and let y'all see. Man come by, took a snap picture of a house. The roof was on fire from one end to the other. Flames probably 30 feet in the air. He took the picture. Just come by just as it happened. Fire department wasn't even there. And my neighbor called me and told me. He said, when that lightning hit the side of your house, he said, your roof exploded. Flames 30-something foot high in the air from one end to the other. See, it happen again in 2014 when I wound up in the hospital. Change your life. Heartbeat. Heartbeat. God change your life. That's why you got to be ready. That's why you got to know you're walking in His will, in His plan. you got everything in His divine order. Amen. you got to know. you got to know. you got to know. I just preached to Sister Kathy's house that Friday night. So sick I couldn't stand up but I preached. See, I take my responsibility serious. I mean, I got to be down for me not to obey God. I mean, I got to be down. Hold tight down. She'll tell you in 30, near 36 years that we've been married, she ain't never seen me back out of the pulpit. I didn't care what I was feeling, what was wrong with me. But I had to. That Saturday, Saturday night and Sunday in Fort Payne, I just I couldn't do it. I didn't have strength to drive over. And then by the time I woke up Monday afternoon, I said, I see you. They were trying to kill me. But it was all in God's plan. She said, Brother Bender, that can't be in God's plan. Let me tell you something. Just because it ain't your plan don't mean it ain't God's plan. <laughs> if 
we get on God's schedule. I keep having all these people say, well, here I am awake, one thirty-two, two thirty-three o'clock in the morning, go to prayer. I said, it took me a long time to get on God's schedule and get off my schedule. I said, just because you wake three o'clock in the morning and you're fussing about it and you want to sleep, I said, that don't mean it's God's schedule. I mean, you're trying to keep your schedule. Get up and go to prayer. Get up and see the face of God. I said, God's plan ain't your plan. God's schedule ain't your schedule. Sometimes we like two ships passing in the night. I'll get up 3 4 o'clock, go pray and study and seek the face of God. 5 36 o'clock, I'm coming back to bed. She's getting up past me, going downstairs. <laughs> then about 8 9 o'clock, we'll see each other again. <laughs> Just what we live our life. We're on God's schedule. We're on God's timetable. The Lord told me, He said, You can't worry about time. Go worry about time. He said, The only reason you need to be somewhere at a certain time is you got an appointment. You've got to keep in the natural. He said, Other than that, you don't worry about time. You don't worry about going to bed at a certain time. You don't worry about getting up at a certain time. You don't worry about sleeping at a certain time. So I'm going to say something. God knows how to wake you up. You can't sleep. <laughs> But when you get in prayer, get sick in His face, get in His presence, it's worth it all. It's worth it all. Amen. How shall they preach except they be sinned? That is written. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring the glad tidings of good things. Ooh, hallelujah. But this is the Scripture, and I'm going to Luke 17. This scripture, Lord, spoke in my spirit early, early, early this morning. If y'all gonna find the mild will of God, you might as well get ready to go to prayer. We're gonna have to go to prayer for God to open the door up here. There's a Cornelius up here in LJ somewhere. Y'all hear me? Hallelujah. There's a house of Cornelius up here in LJ somewhere. And Lord gonna show us where it is. Lord gonna lead us to it. See, there's a lot of churches. They don't want the healing. There's a lot of churches. They ain't. I mean, I've been with people claiming to be filled with the Holy Ghost and prejudice, bigots, bias. Ain't got no use for that kind of spirit. Bible says all nations was made one blood. Amen. You got prejudice in your heart because somebody comes from a different nation, a different skin color, or different culture, different ethnicity. There's something wrong with your God. There's something wrong with your salvation. Better get your heart right. Amen. Better get your heart right. Better get your spirit right. Because I'm going to tell you something. Not only are you not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you ain't going to heaven. Them kind of spirits in you. You got hate. You got prejudice. You got, uh-uh, you ain't going to heaven. You won't even talk about the kingdom of heaven. You ain't even going to make it in heaven. People can't. They ain't got no control of where they're born. It's like you ain't got no control of where you're born. But they're God's children. They're God's children. They're God's children. Amen. They're God's children. And the Lord's going to save them. And there's a house. I'm telling you, oh, I'm telling you about the Spirit of the Lord. There's a house of Cornelius in Elijah. There's a house of Cornelius in Calhoun. There's a house of Cornelius in Conyers, Georgia. There's a house of Cornelius up here somewhere. In this area, because God sent us here to get them. 
we're going to get them. I don't care what language they speak. God bridge the gap. You know, when I first went to Fort Payne, there's probably, Fort Payne ain't real big. Maybe a little bigger now. There might be 20,000 people in Fort Payne. But they brought about five or 6,000 people in working chicken houses over there. And I first went to Fort Payne started a church. And I prayed and I pleaded and I begged God, give me an interpreter. Because I was on four radio stations at one time there at the church. We preached on four different radio stations. We had the church going strong there in Fort Payne. And I, I begged God to give me an interpreter so I could reach them Hispanics. And the Lord wouldn't do it. You know why? Wasn't his time. Now's his time. Now's his time. Lord lets us stay on radio in LJ. I might start preaching a bilingual broadcast. You just don't ever know what God's going to do. Amen. You'll never know. God's got his timing for all things. Hallelujah. I'm in Luke 17. Let's see where I want to start at. Let's go to verse 24. For as the lightning that lightneth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. That means when the Son of Man is brought forth. He was already brought forth in his day. He had already come, brought forth in his day. Won't you go to Genesis, the sixth chapter, with me? You get there. Let me know. Say amen. Man, I appreciate the Lord today. Anybody enjoying this as much as I am? Probably not. <laughs> We're having a good time. Hallelujah. Verse 3. The Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. They repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. The Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping things and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of 
the Lord. I'm going to Second Peter. I'll tell you when I get over, but I know I got it marked. That's First Peter. That's not what I'm looking for. Not right now. Second Peter, second chapter, verse four. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world, the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just lot, vexed with filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them is seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and reserveth the unjust under the day of judgment to be punished. The Lord spoke to me earlier this morning. He said, this is the spirits in the land right now. This is the spirit. People don't care about God anymore. They're planning their lives. They're doing everything they want to do. God ain't even in their thoughts. In Noah's day, the Bible said the very thoughts of men's hearts was on evil continuing. Search it out. It was right back against perversion, homosexuality. Everything perverted. Everything unclean. Said in Noah's day, that's the way men were. Every imagination of the, of the thoughts of their heart was only evil continually. In Lot's day, y'all know how the angels of the Lord come in the gates of Sodom? It's sundown. And Lot pressed on and turned in. They said, no, we're going to stay in the streets all night. He said, you can't do that. And Lot brought them in this house. And even before they laid down, said the, the men of the city, young and old, all of them, Come beating on Lot's door and said, bring these two men out that we may know them. Perverted. And that's the spirit. It's in the generation today. Everywhere you turn, people don't care about God. They're going to build, marry, giving in marriage, building, planning to build. They don't care. People ain't got no interest in God. And the Lord said they're going to keep doing this until the day judgment hits them. Judgment's fixing to hit them. I'm telling you, if I be a servant of the Lord, I know what I felt this morning. Judgment's fixing to hit him. And you know what's going to start? House of God. It's going to start the house of God. God don't clean the church up. How can he expect sinners to live right? What, what did it say in, in 1 Peter 4? The judgment was first begin. First begin. At the house of God. And if a righteous scarcely be saved, he said, Where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? I'm telling you, better get ready for it. I'm talking about, I'm talking about judgment. I'm talking about God dealing harshly with people. God dealing harshly with America. America's been spared a lot. She's been spared a lot. She's been spared a lot. But I've seen things over the years. And I go back yet to prophecies. And you say, well, Brother Manor, 
I know you spoke things that ain't come to pass. Yes, so did Job, so did Isaiah, so did Jeremiah, so did Ezekiel. All of them spoke things that hadn't come to pass. Amen. All of them have. All God's prophets. Some things Peter and Paul then spoke. What God ain't been fulfilled yet? Well, I ain't telling you things coming. I'm telling you it's here. I'm telling you it's here. We're going to deal with sin. He's going to deal with sin. So this man, I said, y'all gets out of the hospital. I'm going to get in touch with him. I'm going to tell him to better set his house in order because he ain't getting another chance. He ain't getting another chance. He run from God. Those are one of these churches, they'll sing hour and a half, two hours and preach ten minutes. You call it preaching. Ain't no word there. Ain't nothing to get folks to live right. Ain't no conviction. My God, I visited that, uh, we visited that church one night. And you talking about people just milling all over the place, talking disrespectful, with no reverence, with no spirit of God, and they didn't call people up saying they got ready to say they just walk up in pulpit. Wasn't no order, wasn't no nothing. You can't call that church. You can't call that serving God. I like what my little wife named me. She said, "Man, there ain't no Christian karaoke." <laughs> she said, "People just going up there and singing." And I mean, people up there singing, people sitting around talking like it's at a party. No respect for the Spirit of God. God's got order. And He expects His services to be conducted in some kind of order of the Spirit. And He expects our lives to be set in order by the Spirit. When God poured the Holy Ghost out on the day of Pentecost. I've told y'all, it wasn't just an outpouring of the Holy Ghost so people talk in tongues. God poured out offices. He poured out administrations. He poured out gifts. He set up the government of the church. Because by the time the sun went down, there's 3,000 people had to be ministered to. 3,000 people had to be ministered to, had to be taught, had to be took care of, had to be led. We need this outpouring God's been talking to us about. We need to seek for it. What we're going to do when we go to prayer here in a couple of days, we can start praying for God. To give us direction. For God to open the door to this heathen. For God to open the door and teach us what our calling is. Help us grow in God. And we're going to fight for this kingdom to be revealed. We're going to get a direction in prayer. Amen. We're going to get a direction in prayer. Did y'all know people don't know how to pray? They don't know how to pray. What's the first thing John the Baptist's disciples come to Jesus and ask him in Luke 11? Lord. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. You know when people go to prayer? When they're in desperation. Yeah. So most of them go to prayer when they're in desperation. They need God to give them a miracle. They need God to heal or deliver or bring them out of a desperate, deathly situation. That's the most of them go to prayer. Let me tell you something. Jesus tarried all night with the Father in prayer. We're going to have to do some praying. you got to learn to target your prayer. you got to learn to send your prayer sometimes on just one thing. Did the Bible not say in James 5 that Elijah's, Elijah, or Elijah was a man subject to like passion as we are? But he went to prayer and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. 
That's what he focused on. He said, God, you told me to go tell Ahab. They won't go rain or do unless I said so now. You gonna back me up. He got in prayer and prayed. On that one thing. Earnestly, fervently prayed. God shut up the heavens. And God did. That's because Elijah focused on. That's where he positioned his prayer. Tell me you can't pray about one thing. Bible said he prayed earnestly. That it might not rain, it rained not on the space of three years and six months. Then after God told him to go show himself, he got up on top of Mount Carmel and started praying, God, reveal yourself and send rain. He said, and he turned around and prayed, and God sent rain. Tell me you can't target things in prayer. See, because people don't pray, and they ain't been taught to pray, and they ain't got a spirit and a desire to pray, people feel helpless in their prayers. That's why every time something happens, I'm calling on all you prayer warriors. Well, where's your faith? Will all these prayer warriors come together? The word warrior means fighter. Somebody show me some prayer warriors. Oh, I'm going to get myself in all kinds of trouble. Where are the prayer warriors? Or the people that will get in and intercessory prayer, like seeing your mama day, and they pray, pray something happens. Spirit of God fall on them, or somebody ask them to pray about something, they feel the burden of it, and they get in prayer and stay there hours until God moved. You don't have that now. You don't have it. It's coming back. I'm telling you, it's coming back. The Lord told me a long time ago, and I said it right here, sanctification is coming back. Let me tell you something. True prayer will bring wholeness and sanctification back to the church. It'll bring it back to people's lives. It'll bring it back to people's lives. He said, put off the old man, which is corrupt according to the seed lust, and put on the new man, which is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. That's Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. Put on that new man. Amen. Put on that new man. The world will keep on going. They're going to keep building, planning to build. They're going to keep marrying, giving in marriage. And they're going to know. They ain't going to hear. Noah told people judgment was coming. The whole time he building that ark, they looked at him like a lunatic. It had never rained. It didn't know what rain was. He kept telling them it's coming. The Bible said Enoch prophesied 350 years that God was going to return with his saints. Bring judgment and wrath on the earth. Is that not what the word says? See, going to return. Hallelujah. People are going to keep going. Said so they, they kept going in Noah's day. But God shut them in the ark and the rain started coming. When the angels told Lot what to do, said he went to his son-in-laws and his daughters that was married, tried to get them to come and said they looked at him like he's crazy. The time he went out of the gates of Sodom. Judgment. Fire and brimstone. This nation fixed the taste of the wrath of God. They ain't going to hear you. They ain't going to hear you. Go ahead and preach it anyway. They ain't going to hear you. Because they don't believe in life. People are so hard-hearted and cynical. They don't believe God's real. But you let God start letting earthquakes happen. 
I'm talking about in this country kill 15, 20, 30, and 40,000. See, people don't believe it can happen. They don't believe it can happen. Y'all just look how this flu's got out of hand. I don't know how many people have killed us, done killed a bunch of kids in Georgia. All over the country. I mean, this thing's epidemic. It's worldwide. I got so tickled with my oldest daughter. She told me the other day. She said, Daddy, you had your flu shot? I said, Nope. She said, You gonna get one? I said, Nope. Don't need one. She said, Daddy, is this a physical thing or a spiritual thing? I said, Honey, this spiritual thing. But you know what I heard somebody say the other day? Said kids two years and under and people sixty five and older said flu shot had no effect on them. Would not ward it off because of the way their immune system was. Two and under sixty five and older said flu shot was useless. There's a lot of people been saying flu shot's not effectual. You can go get flu shot and still get sick. I believe in the blood of the Lamb. I believe in the stripes of Jesus. Things started getting on just and I text him. I said, boy, you stand up and start confessing. You're that Psalms 91 people God said was coming forward. No evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come out of thy dwelling. I said, you start quoting, you tell the devil where to go. Well, about 24 hours, he's back on his feet. You know why? you got to take the Word of God. Did the Word not tell us that the power of the life and death is where? And the power of the tongue and all these people claim believe in God, claim to have the Holy Ghost, all their confessions, I got this, I got that, I'm sick, I'm taking this medicine, I'm taking that antibiotic, I got a tight flu, and I don't know what all, my God stand up and say, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed, devil, I refuse to take it, I curse you in the name of Jesus, you spirit of infirmity, get thee behind me, Satan, I am the Lord, thy God that healeth thee. Are you hearing me? Start telling. He said, no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague. A plague is a sickness. It's a disease. He said, no plague shall come out of thy dwelling. Stand on the word of God. Speak it. Quit confessing what you got. I got Jesus. I got Jesus. Amen. Y'all appreciate the Lord. I said, y'all appreciate the Lord. I appreciate this word. I'm telling you, get ready. I don't know what God's going to do, but I'm telling you, He's tearing down this idolatry. Because the time you get through one of these things, you got another. I mean, everybody just went crazy over that college championship game. Now they're going crazy over the Super Bowl. They get out of the Super Bowl, it's going to be March Madness. I'm so sick of this mess. And I don't care what they do out there in the world, but my God, every time you turn around, preachers. People supposed to be serving God. Talking about who doing what, who winning what, and then they just get all upset. <laughs> the Bible not tell us love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For the, the if the love of the Father's in you, or if the love of the world's in you, love of the Father is not. He said, "Don't love these things. Don't love these things." Amen. Don't love them. Love not the things of the world. If you love the things of the world, love the Father. Amen. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. I will send the world's lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. He said, but I've overcome it. I won't be an overcomer. I don't care about your stuff. You're a child of God bought with the blood. You shouldn't care about it either. You should care about souls. 
labor is. Everything y'all talking about labor for. I don't care what the world does. Keep it out of the church. Keep it out of the church. I believe we're fixing to see the hand of God against it. I really do. I believe we're fixing to see the hand of God against the Super Bowl, all these ball games, all these everything get people attention so caught up. Oh, I believe we're fixing to see the hand of God against it. I told you. Years, I mean, it's back in the 80s, maybe early 90s. The Lord told me whole ball teams fixing to get killed in plane crashes and different things. You see where one of these big, charismatic, young lady evangelists died, 33 years old. Supposed to got delivered from drugs and went and evangelized for some of these big preachers. I mean, she went to some big meetings preaching to people. She died back in January. Don't want to tell what she died from. The drug demon got her because she wasn't delivered. But one thing the Lord said, one of the judgments the Lord said, said these preachers fixing to die. These preachers ain't the truth fixing to die. Is that not what the Lord told us? Go back and listen to it. November 14. November 2014. Go back and listen to it. Go back and listen to where the Lord said he took us. The kingdom from the church world. No one will be in on this. Time to pull together, church. Amen. Time to fight for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. I'm going to fight for it. God's going to give me somebody that's going to believe Amen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have somebody that's gonna believe. I'm gonna preach somebody's gonna believe. We go to prayer with you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Lord, let this word sink down. Let it find good ground. Stir it up in people, Lord. God, give them a desire to seek your burden to pray. Lord, I know you told me your spirit of prayer is coming back. You told me the first of February to God to start in prayer. God, every night at 8 o'clock Eastern Time to get in prayer, me and my wife. God, and in, in, in try to move people to get in prayer with you, Lord. Let it be, God, that you stir up some hungry hearts. You give us people, Lord. One time we had four or five churches praying together. Bring it back, Jesus. Give us direction. Order our steps in the Word. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I appreciate the Lord today. Pat, we're so glad to have you back. We missed you. We really missed you. But you know, Brother Madison said, uh, I mean, all the sports and stuff, these concerts these people go to, that's one of the most, nobody knows what goes on there. You talk about the world of music? Yes, all these concerts. Well, it's just bad now, I mean. They got gospel music singers going to church. You stand up and turn out like it's a revival. It's crazy. It's spirit entertainment. It's spirit entertainment. But see, that's what I'm saying. It's out there in the world, that's one thing. But when a church gets involved in it, that angers the Lord. Because it's idolatry is what it amounts to. It's just like that entertainment they had all over uh, Facebook. Even church people were saying they were sad because that was their last concert. I don't even know who they Well, somebody posted a picture the other day, and uh, I never did know anything about it, but Marilyn Manson. Went in hard rock, done all that makeup and stuff. Speaking in a Presbyterian church somewhere in the United States. What? Yeah. <laughs> what church come to? Entertainment. 
Unless he repented. No, he ain't repented. He, he had all this junk on his face. Oh my God. And then a, a church. No. No, no, no. Christian comedians. I'm talking about coming out with people all be hearing the word of God preached, coming out and entertaining people. I can't stand that. I can't stand it's wrong spirit. Amen. Somebody sent me one of them and man. I said, when the church has come to the day, it's got to have what y'all call Christian comedians or Christian entertainers to, to entertain the church. I said, church backslid. Oh, they didn't like it. They want me to enjoy enjoy that mess. Do not enjoy that mess. And I'm going to tell you what to stop me before you go survive. Amen, yes, the realness. God starts pouring out His Spirit. People put all this stuff. God starts pouring out His Spirit. All these Christians will quit buying these game tickets. We're going to these football games. I had some folks in Alabama. One guy come to me and told me, he said, well, I went to a championship game. I said, you did? He said, yeah. I said, what the ticket cost you? He said, well, I didn't pay for all of it. I said, yeah, how much did you pay? He said, $250 a mail, pay the rest. I said, that $250 give to God. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So you don't stir me up over this mess. People, people have these Super Bowl parties at their house. I'm talking about Christians. People right. yeah, just spend hundreds of dollars on food. Getting that old party spirit. I mean, I love for people to worship. Our Savior. But you start about Thanksgiving when Christmas starts coming in. People get caught up in Christmas. Y'all may not think I know what I'm talking about, but I've been in ministry 46 years. You start right around the middle of November and you go to the middle to the end of January going into February, offerings drop 40, 50, and 60%. How people go spend their money on Christmas. She can tell you. We try to. We always try to. I was on the evangelistic field, and we always try to put back money because we saw it every year to get us through November, December, January. We always try to put back money because people they they take everything they got. They go spend on food. They go spend on parties. They go spend on presents. Man, I hit a nerve or something. I just felt spirit dropping here. (laughs) And they said you want to kill a spirit, take an offering. So. Time to give her a high road. I'm going to bless you. Now go ahead and receive the offer. Please honor the Lord today and do what's right. we got to make a decision. Next couple of days, we'll try to keep the radio broadcast going. So we just need to leadership. I don't care if God tells me to keep going, He'll provide. We had somebody this week send us an offer to help us keep it on the air. Because I told them last week, I said, if we don't get some help, I said, we're going to be able to keep it on there. The way I look at it, the radio broadcast ain't for the church, folks. It's for people out there. 